Hello, and uh, welcome to Mr. Badger's Maths. Uh, nice to have you along. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a couple of days since we've done the last podcast. So um, yeah, it was exciting yesterday. We went out for a barbecue. Um, so it was my dad's birthday today. So uh, we went out last night because, well, went out. I went to those because um, uh, it's raining today. So uh, we uh, preempted the rain and had a barbecue a day earlier. Um, which, looking at the wind outside now, I'm kind of glad we did. But it was lovely um, to be able to get out. Although I did end up with a very long drive home um, and almost, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Um, had a long drive home and um, because I went on a diversion because the road was shut i ended up driving through the new forest um which is fine and, and it's lovely um and in the daytime apart from at night time there's lots of horses around um i almost uh came across a cow and suddenly it was almost on the side of me um which was interesting i could have had a very nice beef dinner um sorry to any vegetarians out there um and um and this was weird and and i sort of got through it most of it and uh, it was fine until the last little bit where you've got animals roaming the roads and um suddenly came across some more cows and stuff and following someone so they gave us some warning and suddenly there was a pig i've never seen a pig on the in the new forest just wandering around the new forest yeah just fine like a pig, pig. I mean, I expect cows and expect horses, but not a pig. So um, there we go. So I had an interesting drive home last night, uh, but uh, and then it's been lovely today. Um, I just got back and had a bit of golf today. So uh, I had a little bit of pitch and putt, which was nice and fun. Um, in the rain, obviously. Um, but uh, well, it didn't actually rain, and uh, it was the first time I've been out and played a bit of pitch and putt and a bit of golf in ages. So I was really rusty. Um. Scored a few nice bits, scored some terrible bits, lost a couple of balls. Um, but uh, yeah, it was good fun. So uh, that was nice and enjoyable. So it's been an all right day so far, um, apart from the rain. So lockdown is really not much fun when it's horrible weather. Uh, bring back the sunny weather, is all I'm going to say. Um, so yeah, it's all been good so far. And I had a couple of classes today on Zoom. So shout out to all of you. You all did amazingly, um, and it was really nice to see some people and uh, just to have some interaction. Although one class, it felt like it was talking into a deathly hollow of just nothingness. So, um, but it was nice, nice. So good to see you all and uh, have you along. Um, I don't think what else has really happened. Really, that's about it. Really, like, well, almost driving into a pig is quite amusing um, as the day goes by. So I think you know lockdown. We. Uh, take what you can only have one of those things a day can't you let's be honest here the rest of the day has to be fairly dull so um here we go <laughs> it's all, all weird and fun and games isn't it some days when i'm driving into uh, across the new forest is your highlight of your day um but uh all good fun um so today i thought we'd um talk a little bit um about maths um and where it's going because maths sometimes can feel like a uh, a completed subject and that you learn it in school as something that's done, that's happened. And all the things we've spoken about on this podcast so far has all been about uh, things that have been completed centuries ago, millennia ago. Um, and it feels like maths, yep, we've completed maths. But that's not the case. And uh, one of the things that I want to talk about today is um, one of the uh, prizes that are still around today. So when we spoke uh, about um, people like Bernoulli um, 
a lot of the time they did it through challenges. So they would challenge and then send letters in um, and get um, lots of different uh, responses from different mathematicians. And one thing that's happened in maths is that each century, more maths has been done in that century. More things have been discovered in that century than the previous century. So although it feels like we spent ages talking about like all the different mathematicians in the 1700s, you know, the Bernoullis and Newton and all these, uh, Ren and uh, keep on going on and on and on, L'Hopital. Um, actually, more stuff was discovered the next century than all of those guys. And even when we look at Euler, who discovered loads and loads and loads and loads of stuff, actually more stuff has been discovered since because of his work has then created more things. And we're going to look at some of those things over the next couple of weeks, really. But one of those things that um, what I want to sort of say is that maths is an ever-evolving subject. It's not fixed. It's not finished in any way, shape or form. Like the stuff that's still to be done. And one of those things that uh, kind of ways that mathematicians do is through a challenge. So as mathematicians, we like to uh, have a bit of a challenge to kind of spur it on as to what we're doing and uh, one of these challenges is called the millennium challenge okay so in the year 2000 um, a group of mathematicians got together and decided to issue a challenge uh, to other mathematicians to try and prove uh, seven um, problems that were still there i think it's the clay institute that set this up um, and they issued a prize so the prize is one million dollars um, for uh, each one to be proven so the idea being that they've taken seven problems that were around and would make the biggest difference to maths going forward and until they're proven we can't really accept them um, and so therefore of these seven there's some that are more important than others and there's some that have been around longer than others um, but if we could actually prove those seven that would make a big difference but also, it's about the forward thinking of maths. So the idea being that if we could do those, then we would get some more problems sorted. Now, these Millennium Prize problems um, from the Clay Institute uh, were set up on the May 24th, 2000. So 20 years have gone past. And so you're thinking, yes, yeah, 20 years, we've got loads of these problems. Yeah, if the seven, only one has been solved, which is the uh, uh, I'm going to muck up my pronunciation, the Poincare uh, conjecture. And that was done by a, a Russian mathematician, uh, another name I'm going to get stuck on, uh, Grigory Perlman, um, who um, came up with the uh, problem and sorted the Poincare problem, conjecture um, and solved that in 2003. So it's been 17 years since any of the uh, Millennium Prize problems have been solved. And they're still being worked on completely still being worked on by other mathematicians but they still can't be solved and so there's um these, these are the other ones they, they're called the p versus np problem um so that's there you go you can look these up the hodge conjecture uh the ryman hypothesis the yang mills existence and mass gap the nevier stokes existence and smoothness and the birch and swinnett and dyer conjecture so there's lots of <laughs> these things but i know they sound weird but each one still contains a million-dollar prize. Now, just to uh, make it a little bit better, uh, Russian mathematician uh, Grigory uh, Perlman, who just, uh, sort proved and solved the Poincaré conjecture, 
he actually declined the prize money, which seems a bit weird. Um, so <laughs> his million pounds, uh, million dollars just went. But obviously, the longer it goes on, the less that million is worth. So it's probably worthwhile getting on it. Um, but they're really, really cool. And one of them um, is probably the most important bit of maths that could be worked on in terms of number theory. Now, I'm a big uh, fan of number theory. I, I really enjoy it. And uh, one of those things is called the Ryman hypothesis. And now this uh, hypothesis has been going on for a long time. Um, and actually, um, there's been a prize before. Um, and uh, it was one of Hilbert's problems, uh, of unsolved problems. And it's um, a really important thing because it, it can be solved. It will mean that we can find more and more prime numbers. Now, what it says is that there's a thing called the Ryman zeta function. Now, we know if you ever draw a graph and you've ever solved any uh, quadratics, any uh, problems, if you draw the graph, the solutions are when it crosses the x-axis, when it's zero. Um, and so that gives us um, some information about when it can be solved. Now, the Ryman zeta function crosses lots of times. So it crosses it in lots of different ways. Um, but not all of them are useful. So it crosses um, in uh, on the x-axis uh, every um, even negative integer. So it crosses at negative 2, negative 4, negative 6, negative 8, etc. And these are what we call the trivial answers because it doesn't really give us much information. And the Ryman zeta function, therefore, doesn't really do much at that point. Um, because it just does go through zero and we know that that exists and we know that that happens. But the Ryman hypothesis is that the Ryman zeta function, I know there's too many Ryman's going on here, um, that has lots of other zeros, but it's to do with the complex numbers. So we spoke about uh, imaginary numbers before. So imaginary numbers are numbers that we, uh, for example, the square root of negative one, it gives me an imaginary number. And so that's a if you put that together with a real solution, then you get what's called a complex number. So, for example, you might get uh, 3 plus 2i. So, 3 plus 2 lots of the square root of negative 1. That would be um, a complex number because it doesn't actually exist um, on our number line, as we call it, as our real functions, but it does exist in a weird sort of universe around our number line. So, if we think about the number line being like the x axis, um, and that all the numbers that we know exist are on that line, then all the complex numbers are all the numbers that are around the line that fill a 3D space around this line, linear line that we know goes through space and time. So once we know we've got some sort of complex solutions, then the Ryman hypothesis says that the real part of all of those is a half. So we've got a real part and we've got an imaginary part um, and the Ryman hypothesis says that the real part of all of those is a half. And so we've got a half plus some number i would give me a solution uh, and would be a zero for it. Now, why is that important? Well, actually, this means that we can then start to find some, um, it gives us a load more uh, solutions to uh, the Ryman zeta function. And if we know that because the Ryman zeta function of how it is built upon and how it works, um, it uses um, a kind of a algorithm of a summation that we add on lots of lots of fractions together. 
actually means that we can find some uh, prime numbers. Now that is important because we know that prime numbers are one of those things that we can't work out why they work in certain ways. Um, if we could find that, that would be really important. But why are prime numbers really important? Well, actually, they're really useful in terms of coding and in terms of security. So most of you will be listening on uh, iPhone or a phone um, using uh, Wi-Fi. Um, most of those are all secured through prime number type algorithms. So if you're using prime numbers to try and make sure that that is secure. So um, there's lots of different uh, security methods. And one of those is to use prime numbers. If you multiply two prime numbers together, you get a unique number. And if you know that unique number, then that means that you can number up backwards. And so one of you gets a key, one gets the uh, lock in effect, and you know the ones that you get the multiplication together. Um, so prime numbers are really, really, really important in terms of our security and how we um, build upon things together. Um, so your bank security, um, all that sort of, your Wi-Fi passwords. And of course, we know that security is really, really important in terms of keeping our data uh, protected and keeping our identity protected against fraud. Um, and so prime numbers are based around that. Now, if the Ryman Zeta function, we can now prove that and we can therefore find more prime numbers actually, and bigger and bigger and bigger prime numbers, that means that our security could actually improve because we've got bigger numbers to be able to use. Um, and therefore, they're less likely to be hacked because there's more combinations that can possibly happen to get to that number. And therefore, it becomes a much bigger uh, issue. But also, we can then start to utilize prime numbers in a better way because we can find and prove different theorems based upon that. So the Ryman hypothesis is a really important problem, hence why it's been two different um, prizes that are on it, um, including the Millennium Prize problem. And it's probably the most important one in the Millennium Prize problems to try and be proven. So if you want to look it up, it looks really beautiful if you just get to draw it out. Um, so have a look at the Ryman Zeta function, Ryman, R-I-E-M-A-N-N, um, and then Zeta, Z-E-T-A. Um, and it looks really beautiful. Like it's multicolored kind of weird thing that sort of comes into different things. But um, it's a really, really key thing that mathematicians are still developing today to try and prove and that's where i want to try and leave it today is that maths is not just a fixed kind of idea and is done but actually that maths is ever ever evolving and ever ever changing and so yes we've looked at maths so far over millennium you know 26 centuries of worth of uh things but actually, maths is still going to be going for another 26 centuries and find huge amounts of things still to go. So, and that is important for computing, it's important for science, it's important for our economy, for economics, and it kind of underpins all of that scientific basis that we're doing. So, as we keep on talking about the epidemiology and the current coronavirus epidemic, um, that is based around ma uh, mathematical modelling, and the more we can find a mathematical model and therefore find equations that fit to a mathematical model um, rather than just running it via again and again and again to find different ways, if we could find patterns to it better. Um, and as mathematicians do, that's what we do is find patterns. And actually, we can then predict things better going forwards and actually make things in a better way. Um, so, And that would help the scientists. 
to then go forward. And that's why a lot of the sage mathematicians, as we keep on uh, sage scientists, a lot of them will be really uh, quite high up in maths as well. So there we go. The Ryman hypothesis and the Millennium Prize problems. If you want to win a million dollars, then you've got to do a bit of maths. There you go. Um, it's probably one of the most guaranteed ways you could win a million dollars. It's much more... Uh, yeah, you're more likely to win that than you are to win the lottery. So, you know, get going with some maths, really. Um, have a awesome couple of days. Um, lovely to hear from all of you. Um, and uh, have a few emails and things in the last couple of days. So it's cheered me up that I've carried on doing this. So I uh, hope you all have a great day um, wherever you're listening to this, uh, whether that's uh, eating over dinner, cooking, or doing your maths homework. Um, I hope you have a great day. So speak to you all soon. Bye-bye.